You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. My name is Rich Keefe, joined once again by Ryan Davey. Davey, how are you? I'm feeling wonderful today, Richard. Thank you for asking. Oh, that is really great news. Um, and hopefully we'll have a very nice episode as we're going to be looking at Samuel L. Jackson movies. He has been in just about everything, so I think it's going to be quite an extensive list to go over. I was looking at it today, and I think I was looking just acting credits. I think it's something like 126 or something like that. It's off the charts. Yeah, he, he yeah. he's in a lot of stuff. But before we get to this week's episode, last week we did Comic-Con, where we had a chance to go uh, to Foxwoods and uh, mingle with the people, speak with the people. And we had a lot of positive feedback, Ryan, including uh, I think it was Greg was the first to point out on Twitter that uh, me saying, I'll talk to Ryan after this is really the new I'll edit it and post. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll check in. We'll check in with Ryan after. Oh, we'll talk to Jedi after, Master yeah. Ryan. No no doubt. We have doubt to run it, it by Ryan. I don't know if that'll work. We have to run it by Ryan. We'll have to check with the Jedi Master. Yes, but that was and then we also got some other uh feedback saying that the con episodes, the, both the Northeast Comic Con and the and the um Connecticut Comic Con are, are two of their favorite episodes because uh, of course we've we've met some pretty interesting people along the way. So I would yeah. agree. Hopefully, we don't know yet, but uh, we are going to try to go to Boston Comic-Con in August and Rhode Island Comic-Con in November. So we'll see if those things go our way or not. Now, not all positive feedback, Ryan. I think it's we, no. need, we need to point this out that the people sort of in charge of uh, press credentials and things of, those, of that nature, they were not as thrilled with our coverage, specifically... Your YouTube video, by the way, you can subscribe to us on uh, YouTube now as well. Just search at uh, hashtag Dork Podcast. Uh, you yeah. used a Run the Jewels track. Now, I think you did a pretty good job of explaining why you used it. However, they right. felt it may have been not the message they were trying to put across. A little, little violent. Now, let me let me just speak to this for a moment. Let me kind of defend myself. I know no one's like attacking me, but I feel the need to defend myself. Again, I don't think this young lady, I assume, I'm not going to call her a young lady. I'm, I'm sure this battle axe didn't take the time to watch the <laughs> intro and like, see like, exactly what I'm trying to do. Because if you guys saw the YouTube thing, what I'm trying to do is like, you can put, you run, the, run the jewels on anything and it'll, it'll sound cool and like, look cool. Meaning that because like, the, the Black, Panther, Black Panther trailer had just come out, so we were talking about that and so on and so forth. And she just completely missed that and took it as us promoting violence. Yeah, pretty much. She wrote a pretty sternly worded email. Um, so I'm glad you guys like the. I'm glad you like the Comic Con episode um, because chances are we're probably not going to be invited back. <laughs> well, that's the thing is they're also in charge of whether or not we go to Rhode Island Comic Con. So oh, I wrote boy. back and I apologized. Now the video is still up, so if you haven't seen it, and that's the other thing is our YouTube channel. Let's be honest, doesn't get a lot of views. We have a lot more yeah. listens to the podcast than we do views on the YouTube channel. Uh, it's just in the infancy stage, and so she was upset. I think she wanted us to take down the song. We're not doing that. We're not going to do that. I understand why she's a little upset about it, but uh, it by no means that that does not that's not Comic Con. That's a dork choice. That is a Ryan Davy Rich Keefe choice. That is not a Comic Con choice. But anyway, go check it out. See if you think it's a big deal or well, not. I don't and know. the other thing that pissed me off is she asked us for our footage so that they could promote their con, and yes. then didn't like what we gave her. Uh, pretty much. Like, yeah. So don't use. So just don't use it then. You know yeah, what I mean? Maybe. And maybe secondly, don't. sorry, I'm getting a little hot. Chili's running hot. That, that's good. I like that. 
and and the and the issue I have too is that like the reason they have a problem with it is because they had an issue in Phoenix which she was she referred to as the Phoenix an incident in Phoenix yeah. a near fatal incident Ooh. where they allowed people to bring weapons into the Comic Con and someone was almost killed with play weapons. Now whose fault is that? Is that my fault? No, is I don't that think Robin it is. Jules' fault? I don't is know. It, is it Premiere Pro's fault for me editing the footage? No, it's your fault. So don't pin it on me. Don't pin your bullshit on me, lady. Uh, I can, and I'm through. Yeah, you're good. Okay. All right. So we, we got that off our chest again. The video's still up, and maybe maybe this will actually get more uh, eyeballs on the video now. <laughs> maybe maybe now that we know it's kind of dangerous, it's a video that uh, not not everybody wants us to have still on the on the YouTube channel. But anyway, Man. that's that. So hopefully we're still going to cons. But if not, there's your reason. There now you're in on the ground floor. You understand why uh, we don't go to any more cons. All right, let's get to this week, shall we? Let's do it. This week in Since our last um, podcast episode, Ryan, we've had some interesting back and forth as it relates to Venom, the character Venom from the Spider-Man series. He is going to be played by Tom Hardy in a uh, upcoming feature film. The original report was that Venom was not going to be involved in the MCU because it's a Sony project. Now we're getting conflicting reports that, no, it, he, he is, and so is Black Cat and Silver Sable. They're all going to somehow be like adjunct, which maybe you can help explain what the hell that even means, but it's going to be adjunct to the it MCU? Means, it means like next to not touching. <laughs> so what the hell does that mean? They're going to be tan, tan, tangential, meaning like... I would assume that like they're going to much in the way that um, Marvel has come out and said that the defenders happen in the in the MCU. Obviously, they do because they talk about it in the shows, but they'll never meet. That's bullshit, by the way. Don't you think they you know should I mean? meet? They need to meet. How can I they think not so. meet? They in terms of like Infinity meet. War, like they should, right? Yes, they absolutely should. The more, the merrier in Infinity War. But this exactly. is this is crap. This is, I think, Sony. The Marvel's probably like, we're good. We got a really good thing going here. We don't need your movies screwing it up. And they're like, well, can we just get like a little bit of the rub here? Like, we're letting you guys use Spider-Man. Like, can we just like, say, can we just yeah. say it's kind in the MCU? And then that way people will see it because we know you can roll out any movie and, and people are going to see it because they're like, oh, I got to see it. It's in the MCU. I got to see it. I got to see it. And if you're like, no, this is a standalone Sony movie, it's probably going to be crap. So, and you know what this is, is this is a real life adaptation of the Seinfeld episode where Kenny Banya gives Jerry the Armani suit and tells him <laughs> to take him out to dinner. Yes. And then he keeps like mooching, like, well, that wasn't the dinner. I only had soup. That was just the soup. That was, a, that was maybe you know a mean? lunch. So Barely a lunch. Is, yeah, this is Sony going to Mendy's and only getting soup. <laughs> you love Mendy's. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't make heads or tails of it, but it sounds like it's kind of connected. I guess it makes sense. If you're going to use the same actor for Spider-Man, It'd be way too confusing if they had nothing to do with each other. Right. But I don't think there's going to be a ton of overlap there. So I would say uh, tread lightly or cautiously as you uh, go into these Sony movies. We are now officially less than a month away, Ryan, until season seven of Game of Thrones. And aren't you excited? I am excited. I'm pretty pumped. I'm pretty pumped. You know what I did recently? I went back and watched episode one of season one. I, I had not seen it in a while. I've probably seen it. Four times, five times, because every once in a while I'm like, oh, I'm going to start watching all the Game of Thrones again. You never get through the whole series, but you, you watch, you start at the beginning or maybe, you know, you watch it with somebody for the first time. But I had not watched it in maybe a couple of years. Once you sort of hit, you know, once you've sort of gotten to the point where you've watched seven seasons and you know where the characters are going to go, it is crazy to watch that first episode again. And I, I think it might be one of the best hours of television of all time. Uh, in terms of what you know now, like if you what it you helps. know now, yeah, yeah, you go yeah. back and watch that. Because now, correct me if I'm wrong. That's when the Lannisters are actually in Winterfell, right? Yeah, they show up. They do like a nine month journey or whatever, however long they say it takes. They yeah. show up there. They go to Winterfell because that is where Robert Baratheon is asking Ned to be hand of the king. Right. So, uh, but all three Barath, uh, sorry, um, Lannister kids are there. Yes, and, and they're it's all like, kind of playing nice. You can tell they don't like each other, but they're there together. You know. Well, it's amazing. And Sansa like like loves Joffrey at first. It's just crazy. Like w- when you're watching it and you know how it all plays out, you're like, this is nuts. Yeah. Like how 
how she's like, oh my god, like she everything's she definitely wants to go to King's Landing, and this is the best. You're introduced to everybody too, like you got Khal Drogo. It opens up the the first scene. I forgot it was even in it. It was like a White Walker, like you like that's how the the whole show begins. Yeah, and then you get into you know. Um, Daenerys is in there. You got Tyrion and and sort of his relationship with Jaime right away. Jaime and Cersei and how you know they push Bran out of the tower. Like the whole thing yeah. is it's incredible for the first. And that's the first episode. Yeah, I mean that's that's incredible. They rescue the the direwolves. Like that's where they first get those puppies. They like they find them and they're about to kill them. And then Jon Snow is like, no, no, let's hang on to these. And they're like, yeah, hey, okay. And then like that's when you get the direwolf. Like it was awesome. So yeah. anyway, I would recommend if you're not going to go back and watch all of you know, the episodes, because there's so many at this point, but with season seven just around the corner, I would definitely give that one a watch again. Uh, we got news that uh, Barb from Stranger Things probably, this is, this, is what I, this is what the headline was, Barb probably not returning for season two. That means, first of all, that means she is. And secondly, <laughs> even if they don't bring Barb back, that's bullshit. I want, and I know this was a hashtag for a while, but I want justice for Barb. <laughs> yeah. Poor I, Barb. Yeah, I know. I uh, oh, by the way, a little uh, look ahead. Our uh, pick of the podcast, or my pick of the podcast, is Stranger Things related. So you're gonna have to stay hey, hey. stay tuned for that. Uh, you know what's funny about yeah. Barb and Stranger Things? My wife and I took on like a uh, whenever we would discuss her, we would take on like this northern, central, you know, like Minnesota accent when talking about Barb. <laughs> yeah, we'd well, be like, "Oh, Barb, yeah, Barb, oh, Barb." She's a pretty solid character. People really love Barb. Yeah. They're very pro. I like Barb. I like Barb. She'll be in there. I think she'll be in there. How about this news of the day? This is big time news. You know Batman Mask of the Phantasm? Yes, I do. One of the great Batman movies of all time. It's an animated joint. And for forever, it's just been, you know, you could get it on DVD or you could get it on VHS or, you know, maybe you'd watch it online, but it was, it was, they never remastered it. And this is a movie that came out in 1993, you know, from the animated right. series. Yeah. Next month, it's going to be available on Blu ray for the first time. Come on. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited to see what it ends up going to look like. I don't know if it's my favorite Batman movie slash story, but it's right up there. It's up there. And that was, uh, I think it had, a, correct me if I'm wrong, it had a lot of critical acclaim, but not a lot of, uh, it didn't do a lot of business. Yeah, well, how do they was even it straight rele- to video? Yeah, it probably was straight to video. Because I remember, I remember the last time I saw that movie was like twenty years ago, and I remember thinking, like, this. Why didn't they make this into a movie? Yeah, they should. Like, it was a, a really good story. So that's that's yeah. definitely another. That's another kind of early pick of the podcast. Go back and watch that, or maybe just wait till next month. And, and I, I'm interested to see what it looks like all all cleaned up. Because I actually watched it not that long ago. I think I brought up on the podcast how I was going through. I was watching a ton of DC animated movies and like some of the newer yeah. ones, but then I went back and watched that one. And I was even thinking that at the time, you know, as it's like taking up like a square on my widescreen TV, I'm like, I'm like, this would probably look a little bit better, you know, rectangle. It's the size of like a postage stamp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Before we get to Davey's video game minute, let me give you a quick Keith video game minute. I finally got Injustice 2 and it is a delight. It's a, Isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a good time. So I've been doing, I'm not really great with any one character yet. I've been doing the story mode, but the story mode's badass. And similar to, like, if you played, was it Mortal Kombat X? That was, like, one of the first PS4 games I got. You know, how the story mode, you do all the fighting, but then there's just so much going on, and you get to play as all the characters. And because right. they do such a great job in the Injustice universe using so many, like, it's not just the Justice League. Like you're you're using all these guys like Blue Beetle and Firestorm and uh, Swamp Thing. Like there's just so yeah. many characters in it, and so I haven't even really scratched the surface. But early early signs are it is a very good game. It is a very good game, and they like again the customization is really fun, and you know the the combat itself is. I think they fixed everything that was wrong with it, so it was a pretty good game, and now it's turned into like a pretty great pretty great buy if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Are you ready for now your video game in it? I am. It's going to be a quick one, but I'm ready for it. It's time for Davey's Video Game Minute. Even if it takes more than a minute. Okay, sir, what do you got? All right, what do we got? So this is the week after E3, so, you know, this is kind of a a bit of a hangover week, you know, for video games and releases. Everyone's really excited about what's coming, but, you know, the immediate... 
took a little bit of a hit this week. But the one thing that's interesting that came out this week is Dead by Daylight, which was a game on Steam, is now available on consoles as of today. So that might be something we look at as a team to come to pick up. Let me set the stage for you. Okay, please. Um, so it's a little bit like uh, Friday, the th- Friday the 13th in that, we're in a dark place, and it's uh, say, in killer that it, is chasing us. In that it glitches like crazy, and you can't no, find a room. And that's, okay. and that's where the improvement comes in. Is there are, the glitches? It's pretty smooth. The game actually is really good. What you'll like is it's smaller. It's four on one instead of seven on one. Ooh, okay. And and the the beauty of this game is the the killer that you are chosen as is random, and I believe there are like seven or eight different killers. One of them, which they refer to as the shape, is actually Michael Myers. I was going to say, the shape is kind of what they thought. It was like the shape, and then there was the man in black. Remember, it, was very, it got very confusing in like Halloween 5 and thereabouts. Yeah. But so the shape. So they refer to him as the shape. Got it. They can't, I don't think they can say Mike Myers. Yeah, they don't have but, the copyright. Um, so yeah. you have like a doctor, um, a hillbilly, a guy they call like the <laughs> trapper, and all of them have strengths and weaknesses. So depending on who you're playing as, you have to adjust your play style. Uh, if you're being chased or you're chasing, so that's that's kind of a cool thing. Um, I see this on a grand scale. You know, uh, we have a little bit of a video game team that we've assembled, um, so this might be a lot of fun. You know, to and it's fun because like the the streams I've watched on Twitch of people playing it on PC, like you don't know, oh, you don't know okay. what, who you're going against until you're in it. Oh, that's that is pretty sweet. And so, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that is good. And so that, that allows us to uh, another plug. We we have been doing a lot of uh, video gaming, and if you're in, in, into that at all, uh, at Arvondi on Twitch, and then also just our YouTube stream. Sometimes we'll right from our YouTube channel we'll stream. Right now we've been playing Overwatch and Friday the Thirteenth, Injustice Two, and now maybe add this game into the mix. And well. one more plug. I'm going to tell you right now. We play typically with Mac from Mac and Goo and Wes from the Boxers Podcast. And Wes and Marcus from the Boxers podcast like to make a big deal, and they think they're better than everybody because they don't swear on their podcast. Well, it's like Will but, Smith doesn't have to cuss in his rhymes <laughs> right. to sell records. But if you, if you are a Boxers podcast fan and are interested in what Wes sounds like when he swears, <laughs> oh boy, jump, jump on our Twitch streams. That's because true. He, is just, he, has a very fa- he has a favorite swear word that he claims it's because of his affinity for British movies. Mm. And uh, he will just drop that one constantly. And uh, spoiler, it starts with a C. You know who would not be so. a fan is the lady from uh, Comic Con. She would no. She, she would, would not be a fan I don't of think, our stream. No, she wouldn't watch the stream. She might be no. offended by many of the things. It's an uncensored stream. I wouldn't watch it with your with your kids. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. All right. What about uh, the topic du jour, Ryan? What is that, Richard? Well, that's the topic of the day, and today it is Samuel L. Jackson movies. That sounds good. I'll have that. Oh, good. I should have wrote this down. Um, this was an email. I'll, I'll get your name next time. I'm an idiot. And by the way, we read all your emails, and I, sorry if I don't get back to you. Um, sometimes I want to save them for future episodes. So this was not an idea by me or by Ryan. This was an email. Nope. God damn it. I forget who it was, but shout out to you. We will we will mention you next time. But he said, what about Samuel L. Jackson movies? And I said, son of a bitch, that's a great idea. Now- Dave, you mentioned how many acting credits he has had. On IMDb, it lists him, it credits him with 176 acting credits. That also includes upcoming roles, but whatever. 176 movies, cameos, starring roles, supporting roles, whatever, but 176. And that's this is when you first told me about this idea, and I was kind of looking at the IMDb page. This is the first time I've been on this podcast where I... I'm uh, like up to my chin, like in water. Like I, I might, we might be in a little over our heads here to get this in like an hour, like all of this stuff in an hour. Cause it, it is a lot of stuff to unpack. Great point. There's going to be people who are saying, I can't believe you forgot this. Or how did you not mention that? Well, 176 acting credits is the reason why we're going to try to give you the, the best movies that he's in the best performances by him. Maybe the worst movies that he is in. And then at the end, maybe we can think of a couple of other actors or actresses that would even warrant their own episode. Like we did a Christopher Guest episode and we've done 
That might be it. Or and we did Tarantino movies. Now he's a director, but we've done Tarantino movies in the yeah. past. Those are both in the archives. If you want to check those out. But Samuel L. Jackson, much more daunting. What were we talking about with Tarantino? Like eight movies? <laughs> like this is yeah, eight, yeah. This like is, eight or nine movies. This is insane. Like, if you count True Romance, that's nine. But yeah, yeah, right. A couple that he wrote, like Natural Born Killers and True Romance. And yeah. so, well, speaking of True Romance, Samuel L. Jackson speaking is in that. that. He's in everything. He's a, he's in all the movies. He has one of the greatest. If you were going to take any actor and say, all right. You can have their five best movies, and like if you draft a you draft a uh, an actor or an actress, you get their five best movies in your movie collection. Samuel L. Jackson would, without a doubt, be a first round pick. I don't know if he'd be number one overall, but he would be right in there. Uh, only one Oscar nomination, by the way. I consider yeah. him a good actor. I know some of his roles are a little bit more cartoonish, and he's known for some of his, you know, just you know, swearing and just like the way he he talks. But I think he's a pretty good actor. But just the one Oscar nomination, he lost. It was a, a supporting actor uh, nom in Pulp Fiction. Right. That was it. So here's a quick rundown, Ryan, of his movies. Now, it started in 1972. He made his uh, acting debut in a film called Together for Days. Uh, the only notable thing about this to me is the character that he played, his name was Stan Lee. <laughs> so I said, <laughs> Okay. Uh, then he was in Ragtime in 1981, so he took a bit of a break. I think he may have had some off-the-field stuff. But so in 1981, he was in Ragtime. 87, he was uh, played a bum in Magic Sticks. He was in a comedy sketch in Eddie Murphy Raw. He played Eddie's uncle in 1987. Yep. Then and he Eddie was, Murphy Raw in the beginning when he was telling the story about the monkey, kicking him, the lion kicking the monkey in the ding-ding. I remember that. And so that was he was in that. And then the next year... He uh, played a holdup man in Coming to America. Again, if you rewatch Coming to America, I know one of uh, Black Panther's favorites. You would see him very briefly. He was in very briefly. He was in School Days. Uh, Now you're also going to notice he's in a shitload of Spike Lee movies. Like Spike Lee and Quentin Tarantino, pretty much he's in their movies. If they're making a movie, he's in it. He played uh, Mr. Senor Love Daddy in Do the Right Thing. Of course he did. That was obviously one where you really you, you noticed him there. Uh, he was in a movie called Sea of Love, Death by Temptation, A Shock to the System, Betsy's Wedding, Mo Better Blues, so another uh, Spike, Spike Lee, Lee joint. He, um, I believe Spike Lee calls them joint. I'm sorry, Spike Lee joint. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, the Exorcist 3, he played Blind Dream Man in The Exorcist 3. <laughs> There's uh, what a- movie is it that is early on where he plays black guy? Oh, that's in here somewhere. Or black man. Yeah. <laughs> that's in here somewhere. Oh, no, Sea of Love, he played black guy. Black guy. Black yeah. guy in 1989. Uh, so Exorcist 3, I'll throw that as an early nomination for worst movie that he was in. Mm-hmm. And then he follows it up with the best movie that he was in, in all likelihood, Goodfellas. Yep. That's right, Stax. Parnell Stephen Edwards, a.k.a. Stax, in Stax Goodfellas. He had, a, he had a nice little role. Again, a small role, but one that you know, anytime you rewatch Goodfellas, you're like, oh, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson's in this. Yep. He was in The Return of Superfly. He was in Strictly Business. And then in 1991, this was probably his first real breakout role. He was in Jungle Fever, where he played uh, Gator, and he was like a crack addict. You remember that? Yes, I do. So that was maybe his first, like, holy crap, he's a legitimate act. He can he can have more than one line, is, what I, is how I would take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in Juice. 1992, he was in like 10 things. He was in Juice. He was in Patriot Games, White Sands, Jumping at the Boneyard, Johnny Suede, Fathers and Sons, and True Romance pretty busy year so true romance one of my favorites and his scene in that where he's with drexel who's played by gary oldman who might be the greatest actor of our time ryan let's just be honest gary would you you put him would you put him with uh what's his name uh daniel day lewis would you put them in the same category i honestly i would i am a huge gary oldman fan i am too i just you know i would say if someone's going to point a gun at my head and say who's the greatest actor that you've ever seen i'm going to say daniel day lewis but that's fair i think gary's not that far away they both what's incredible about both of them is the range that they play like there are other really yeah. good actors but you're like okay he's playing kind of the same thing and like hey, that's fine maybe you can make a case samuel l jackson's that guy but there are yeah. there like gary oldman sometimes you'll watch a movie and you're like oh that was gary oldman you're like i don't even i couldn't even tell and this is one movie where not everybody likes his portrayal. He's like the white pimp. Not everybody likes him in True Romance, but he's pretty good. And spoiler think, alert. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say the Gary Oldman thing, again, that we've, we've talked about like on the podcast before. is like He did Bram Stoker's Dracula and True Romance in the same year. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, the, talk about a character switch. You know you're what like I mean? That. Yeah, you're like, that's him? And then wasn't he yeah. in Leon the Professional? That was all right around the yeah, same time. Yeah, that was one of my favorite... That's one of my favorite movies. That's yeah, it's a great, great movie, and Oldman kills it in in all three of them, and even in Bram Stoker's Dracula, which isn't a great movie, I wouldn't say, but he's really good in it. Now, uh, Samuel L. Jackson in True Romance plays Big Don. I think they referred to him as Big D in the movie, and he has a couple of funny lines about. Uh, let's see, how would I censor myself here? Why they Why they call him Big D? Well, not just that, but you know. How he would, he's not afraid to steal a smooch, let's say, below the belt, as it were. And he goes on, and they have like a nice little witty repartee, clearly something that Quentin Tarantino wrote. And then, spoiler alert for this, he gets a shotgun to the chest from Gary Oldman, and he's done. (laughs) And he's he's dead for the movie. Uh, He follows up that year where he was in every movie. In 1993, he's in Menace to Society, which I like. I don't think it, it necessarily holds up great, but I really, I thought Menace to Society was a good movie. No, you know why Menace to Society gets a bad rap? It's because it came it came out like the same time as Boys in the Hood, and I think Boys in the Hood is a better movie than Menace to Society. Boys in the Hood is definitely better. I think that, just off the top of my head, I think it came out maybe a year or two after. Right. And you're like, yeah, you're like, that's the follow-up. Like, whereas if this came out first, you're probably right. It probably would look a little bit better. Yeah. But that, I, I did like that movie. He was in Loaded Weapon 1. He was in oh, Amos and yeah. Andrew, where he was one of the starring roles. He played Andrew. And then, of course, he was in... Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts. Hold on. <laughs> That's all you need to know. And then him and Newman working together. And this is where, like, you're starting to get a sense already, like, all right, this guy, he's in a lot of good movies already at this point. We're talking about 1993, and he already has Goodfellas, True Romance, Jurassic Park, Patriot Games, yeah. like, under his belt already at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1994, he's in a movie called Fresh. He is, of course, in Pulp Fiction, which... I don't even. We don't need to build up the suspense. This is his best performance, I think, by far. I agree, and I think when we talk about his best performances, I think we just have to set the table right now and say, like, we know that he's Samuel Jackson is peak Samuel Jackson in Pulp Fiction. Like that's the that's the time where people are like, oh, that that's who that guy is. You know yes, what I mean? Absolutely. Like that, that put him on the map and kept him there until present day. He's still going. Well, it's a great combination too for him, where it's a it's a great movie. You could you could argue it's the best movie he's ever been in. I know a lot of people would say Goodfellas, but you could say Pulp Fiction is, and it's it's maybe the best character in that movie, which has a bunch of great characters and the lines that he like everything he says is cool in the, in the whole movie, and he might be the most quotable. You know, like when he's yeah. in there, when he's like, you know, may I have a, a, a you know. Uh, when he's in there with the guy with the with the big Kahuna burger, and he's going through, and yeah. he's like, "Say what? Say what again?" Like that whole inter- interchange is amazing. Yeah, um, that he, was a, that was a great great movie. That was the best. Uh, you got uh, the New Age, uh, Hail Caesar, Assault at West Point, the Court Martial of Jonathan Whitaker. I do not remember that. Nineteen ninety five. He's in Kiss of Death, Die Hard with a Vengeance. That of course is Die Hard three which I think is a great movie. I think it's underrated because I think people are like, oh, yeah, Die Hard 1 and 2 are good. That's it. I'm like, I don't know. I really, I enjoyed the shit out of 3, and it's because of him. Like, he was he was that addition that that series needed. If you're going to continue on, it couldn't have just been yet another Bruce Willis movie, in my opinion. I think he needed to add somebody, and I thought he was really good in it. No, it was great. And it was the first, because uh, John McClane is from New York, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the first Die Hard that was in New York. Like, usually John McClane's somewhere else. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. He's usually, you know, on Christmas. He's usually going there. They're on his turf in that one. They are. And that's where Bruce Willis is wearing the sign that says, I hate bleep on his uh, shirt. Yeah. And then and then Samuel Jackson has to come out and say, you know, what are you doing? Uh, he was also in the, in the, Yeah, and the best he thought his name was Hey Zeus. <laughs> Just he Zeus. said, hey Zeus. Hey Zeus. You know? He was in Losing Isaiah. He was in Fluke. He was in The Great White Hype. He was in uh, A Time to Kill. Pretty good movie. He was in The Long Kiss Goodnight. I think that's also a sneaky good movie. It doesn't really get a lot of uh, attention, but uh, Gina Davis and him, that was pretty good. Uh, Heart 8, Tree Lounge, Teens and Guns, Preventing Violence. Oh, no, that was just a <laughs> that was a movie that he's credited with and that they used in schools. That might have been part of like the D.A.R.E. program. Who knows? Probably. Uh, the Search for One-Eyed Jimmy. I can't imagine what kind of movie that was. Uh, I've seen snippets of that, and I believe like John Turturro and like somebody else. Uh, Steve Buscemi's in it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not. It's not a, a, a pornographic. 
no. no. <laughs> okay. Uh, 1997, he's in 187. I, I think, oh, shoot, I don't remember 187. I think I didn't oh, like it. Oh, don't worry. It. Don't worry. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, Eve's by Jackie Brown. So here you go. Now he's in another uh, Quentin Tarantino movie. The only Quentin Tarantino movie, as we did in our episode, who that was not written by Quentin Tarantino. Jackie Brown, I think, is is fine, right? Like, Didn't we decide it's kind of like a nice gatekeeper movie? Like, if the movie is... Better than Jackie Brown, you're in good shape. If it's worse, it's probably I would, I would yeah, avoid it. Yeah, and I think I think we both ranked it like the worst of the Tarantino movie, or like towards the bottom of the Tarantino movies. But even then, you're like that's better than eighty percent of the other crap I've seen. Yeah, that's true. So Jackie Brown, and he's good in it too. He plays uh, Ordell Robbie, and he's kind of a crazy character in that. 1998, he was in Sphere. That's a terrible movie. Sphere? Oh, that's a terrible movie. I saw that Sphere. I saw that in in theaters. I remember. Uh, the, I, I remember taking my my like junior high school girlfriend to go see Fear, and that was a that was a mistake. Yeah, no. So I did the same thing. Um, the movie the boyfriend was, does not come off come off really. He doesn't play well in that in that movie. No Sphere. Oh, I thought you said Fear. No like, Sphere. He fear? No, he's not in Fear. Sphere. I can't say it, but it's S P H E R E. Sphere. With, Sphere. With, uh, with Sharon uh, Stone. There? Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone, yeah. I think I even... That was a Michael... The, and that was coming off, like, Jurassic Park, which was another Michael Crichton novel, and Sphere was one of them. And yeah. They tried to do... It was Congo, and then they tried to do Sphere, and they were both fucking awful. Yes. I think I, yeah. I, had, a, I had a nice uh, movie theater makeout, though, in Sphere. I remember that. Oh, you were better served there than actually, like... I was. Watching the actual picture. See, when you're in eighth grade, you would you would smooch at the uh, theater, and now oh, yeah. when you're in your thirties, you just bring nips in and kind of get a buzz going. <laughs> it's kind of that's how my life has gone. It's just not it's not the same. Uh, the, at fourteen. <laughs> the uh, the negotiator was good movie. That was a good movie, and he was he was great in that. Him and Kevin Spacey, that was fun. Yep, I, I enjoyed that one. Uh, the Red Violin, I did not see. Uh, Out of sight, he he was uncredited in that. All right, here you go. Here, what a year 1999 was for Samuel L. Jackson. The Star Wars prequels kick off in 1999 with Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Samuel L. Jackson plays Jedi Knight Mace Windu, which I believe he was might have been one of the bright spots in that movie. That was just an absolute cluster. See, I think but, what happened was the movie was so bad that you convinced yourself that he also wasn't bad when in reality he was. Was he really? I think the I, well. I, I gotta think go the, watch that again. I think the character was bad. I think it was a shit character. I think he was maybe in the first one he wasn't as bad as he was in the second two, but just they also, you know what? Maybe it wasn't his fault. Like they have him doing too much, you know, politicking and Jedi Council business. Like get out there well, and the fight a little bit. I never something. really liked about Mace Windu is like you have Yoda, who's clearly like the most Jedi of the Jedi. So right? Jedi. He's so have, Jedi. And then you have. Kenobi, who's kind of like the up and comer. So you have like Mace Windu, who's kind of like a middleman. Like he's not a great fighter. He's not a great negotiator. He's not a great Jedi. You know, because how does this Anakin thing happen on his watch and he has no idea? Yeah, he kind right? of screwed it's like the a big surprise to him. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you do? Like, what are you good at? But this movie did make a lot of money. And what also, I think. Uh, it hasn't been updated, but I think in uh, Samuel L. Jackson's Wikipedia, it said as of like 2009 or 2010, he was the actor who had the h- highest grossing films of all time. Like if you added up all of his movies, which again makes sense because he's in so many of them. It makes but sense it, because Jesus, I'm getting I'm getting like antsy just listening to you read all these movies. <laughs> we're like we're, we're still in the 90s. I know, and he he's made more money than anybody. Like his movies have made like 16 billion dollars. Which, again, he's in the Star Wars prequels, and which we're going to get to, he's already been in, I believe, seven Marvel movies. He signed a nine-Marvel right. movie deal, and he's already in seven. So he's going to continue to set that record. Uh, one of my guilty pleasure movies was also 1999, Deep Blue Sea, which we'll get to coming up, by the way. Uh, spoiler, <laughs> best performances by him. I'm going to put, put that down. Oh, my God. Uh, he was in Rules of Engagement, Shaft, and Unbreakable in the year 2000. Uh, what did you think of the Shaft kind of remake reboot? I mean, I'm never really a fan of like. I think that, you know it kind of missed missed the point. I think Shaft, like if you watch the original movie Shaft or the sequels in Shaft in Africa, I mean it's campy. I mean it's supposed to be kind of like you know this like black exploitation detective you know kind of thing, and 
you know, it turns out like he's like the nephew of the actual Shaft, right? It's like something stupid like that. I think so. I saw it, I saw like, it in theaters, but I don't think I've seen it since. Like that was forever ago, and I, I remember being like, "It's fine." Like he was obviously the the guy to cast at that point, right? Like you know, you were like, "Okay, yeah, Samuel Jackson as Shaft, that makes sense." But I don't it know. It just didn't. It, for me, it just never. It didn't like land. You know what I mean? I just didn't get it. I just didn't get why this movie like had to be made. <laughs> no, I I agree. I wasn't a huge fan. However, I was a big fan of Unbreakable, which came oh, out yeah. in the same year where he played Mister Glass, and uh, it sounds like there may be a uh, sequel in the works to that. Uh, but yep. he and Bruce Willis and some of the the dialogue that they had together was awesome. Like you know, Die Hard Three, they were both in that. They were both in Pulp Fiction. Now they're both in uh, Unbreakable, and it was. That was good. I mean, that's one of the better. That might be one of the better movies that that he's in. Actually, I don't know. He's in so many good ones, but that, that's that's up there for me anyway. I would go, and I'm, I'm. We might take some heat for this, so get ready. Ooh, I think that is M Night Shyamalan's best movie. You you really think it's better than The Sixth Sense? Yes, because I feel like The Sixth Sense at this Sixth point Sense. has been sort of bastardized a little bit. But at the time, I remember being blown away because I had no idea. I had no idea what the twist was. I remember being sh- like, "This is." It just rocked my whole foundation. And I, I think it, that was because it was one of the first or the first, like, Shyamalan movie. Yeah, yeah. Right, so they, which, we, which you would refer to, and they would refer to, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, as, like, a Shyamalan twist. Yes. Where, like, they're going to M. Night you, you know, like, mm. where you just see it. So, yeah, I mean, that was good. But if you, if you watch those movies and you put them together side by side, I think Unbreakable is a better movie. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I don't hate that that stance. I have it as the second one, and I actually liked Signs, but I think Unbreakable is better than Signs. And then Signs you, can kiss my ass. Oh, ooh, man, you're coming in hot today. Okay, Richard, everything's you, good. Yeah. Everything good with you? What's it? Okay, how do you how do you get rid of the aliens in Signs? Water. What is it? Most of like Earth's atmosphere made up of seventy five percent of the world is covered by water. The rest of it by Deion Sanders or Ed Reed, whatever you whatever you want you want to go with. <laughs> Yeah, like there's water like in in the atmosphere. Like if those are the things that, you know, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, like on a humid. What if what if it was humid? Yeah, they'd be kind of they'd be kind of cooked. Because it happens in the summer, right? What if it's it's it rains one night? There you go, aliens gone. Hypothetically, you just left your sprinklers on all day. They would never they would never bother you, right? They wouldn't even come near you. So it wouldn't get you in the bathtub if you're just kind of hanging out. You don't have to worry no, about it. Like, it's not like, the bathtub, leave the shower running and just get in the shower and be like, what now, alien? It's like the opposite of the movie Psycho, where you're, you couldn't be safer in the shower. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Like I said, I have a third. Because it's still better than The Village, and it's better oh, than yeah. um, Lady in the Water, I thought was the shit. The Happening might have been worse than that. The Happening, where the trees turn on us? That, su- that movie sucked oh, out loud. What a dump. I hated that movie. Now, did you see Split yet? Uh no, and that's like one of those things that like Dude, it's Split's just, pretty you can't good. Watch everything. It, it, yeah. So I I did watch Split. I won't give away the. Uh, no, but I know I know that there's a thing that that. Oh, do you know? Sh- thing. Should I say the thing, or do you not want to hear the thing? I I don't know what the I know. Okay, I can say what I know. So no, that it's not. You don't say. It. I, so I have. Yeah, go ahead. I know that. Um, Unbreakable and Split are in, like, someone, I don't know who, but somebody shows up. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I just want to, so we got ourselves a shared universe, which we know we all love shared universes. And so Split, yeah, so that doesn't even give anything. So you could still go see Split. Like, it's a cool thing, but you'll just realize that it and Unbreakable are in the same universe. Like, those characters could overlap. So that, we'll just leave it yeah. at that. All right, 2001, he is in The Caveman's Valentine and The 51st State. I got nothing there. 2002, Changing Lanes. That was the oh, ben-, with ben Affleck. I saw that in the theater. That so was a jump. I. I, saw, I, saw the- I, saw, I saw more goddamn movies in the theater when I was between the ages of, what, 14 and 18, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Changing Lanes. Uh, also in 2002, you get Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. You get Triple X and No uh, Good Deed. I know Triple X one of your favorites. Oh, we'll get yeah. <laughs> Uh, 2003, he's in Basic, and he's in SWAT. They sort of reboot SWAT there. Uh, Not great. Fine. Not great. 2004, he's in the movie called Twisted. He has a cameo as Rufus in Kill Bill Volume 2, kind of playing the piano there. Mm -hmm. He's the voice of uh, Frozone in The Incredibles. 
Great movie. Which is a real, as far as animated movies are concerned, or whatever, Pixar movies, that's one of the best. He was in uh, In My Country. He was in Unforgivable Blackness, The Rise and Fall of Jack Johnson, the documentary. He was also played himself in a documentary called The N-Word. Uh, 2005, he was in Coach Carter. He was in Triple X State of the Union. And he was in Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Yikes. Yikes. And The Man. That was also that movie. 2006, Freedom Land, Snakes on a Plane, and Home of the Brave. So Snakes on the Plane, I think a lot of people would, would consider sort of uh, peak Samuel L. Jackson. Just him literally yelling at snakes on a plane. Yeah, it's if, if you know, you did like a caricature of Samuel L. Jackson, you know, that's, that's what you're going to get, is you're going to get snakes on the but plane. But you could also make a case that you really couldn't have made that movie, which I have not seen because I am deathly afraid of snakes. So there's, that'd just be torture for me to watch that. But, I've, you know, obviously I've heard all the lines that he does. Right. You couldn't make that movie with anybody else. You could. It would make no sense. You're like, ooh, snakes on a plane with, although maybe Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman could pull it off. <laughs> Gary Oldman, Daniel Day-Lewis could do it. <laughs> Those guys could do it. Uh, 2007, he's in Farce of the Penguins, where he's the, the narrator. He's in Black Snake Moan, which, which is I, I didn't hate best it. Best performance by him. I did not hate Black. Oh, are you serious? I'm serious. Okay, I liked Black Snake Moan. For, I'm a big Christina Ricci fan. But Who isn't? That movie was, that movie was pretty cool. Uh, and the music was awesome, and he sang on the soundtrack, too. Yeah. Like if you like that kind of, uh, was it blues? What would you call that? Yeah, it's rhythm and R&B, rhythm and blues, blues music, you know. It's good. It's really, I would I would even just YouTube clips of him singing from Black Snake Moan if you haven't seen it. He was in 1408 with John Cusack. Cusack. It was all right. Yep. He was, was decent. Yeah, it was decent. It was yeah, good, yeah. A couple good scares. Resurrecting the Champ, and he was in Cleaner. Now, 2008, he's in freaking every movie again. He's in Jumper. He has a uh, cameo in Iron Man, which was one of the great cameos of all time, one of the great post-credit scenes of all time, because that's when you knew shit was going down in the MCU, and they they had a, they had big plans for that universe. And the, the the thing that people forget is that prior to Iron Man, if you look at the original Nick Fury, like I remember people kind of being like pissed off that Samuel Samuel L. Jackson was Nick Fury. Because for those of you who weren't into comic books, like Nick Fury is like an old white guy. He's a white. Like a super white, like silver hair, white guy. Um, And now, you know, Iron Man comes out and they're like, no, like Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury. And that completely changed the character in every comic book, every video game, every movie. Like now Nick Fury's black. Yeah. And before that movie, he was not. No, that's true. Yeah, before you would have cast like, if you put some uh, salt and pepper in like George Clooney's hair, that would have been Nick Fury. Yeah. And now you're like, yeah, Samuel Jackson, and I, he, I think he's been great. And what also to me, because you remember, you go back to uh, 2008 with Iron Man, and like Robert Downey Jr. was a big star, but he was sort of he was on the upswing at that point. Like he wasn't yep. he wasn't what he is in 2017 and 2008. And so you're like, oh, Iron Man, and also Iron Man's not a he's not maybe even a top 10 character at the time. Like I think now he is, but at the time he wasn't a top 10 Marvel property character. And no, so you, you knew that they kind of were going to maybe develop more of these movies. And so you get an Iron Man movie and it's a, it's a really, it's a good movie and you're watching it. And then at the end to cast Samuel L. Jackson in a role in 2008 where he's in it for like a minute and he's in it in the post credits. You're like, they mean business. Like they wouldn't, they, they could have just cast anybody in that role, but you know, they're, they're setting things up for the long haul and he's obviously committed to it, and that really I think helped solidify it as as a serious kind of Marvel universe. So that was good. And it was, it's it's a huge get for because John Favreau directed that. It's a huge get for him, and it's a huge get for the Marvel Cinematic Universe because as you can tell by this list right now, you know he, he uh, Samuel L. Jackson is very discerning with the movie roles he takes. <laughs> he doesn't really you know he'll maybe do a project every couple of years. You he's know, like and, he's the Daniel Day Lewis of his time. He does, yeah, he, you know, does he, he doesn't have to do a movie every year. He just does <laughs> six of them. Uh, so then he also starts that same year doing uh, the voice of Mace Windu in Star Wars The Clone Wars. He was in Lakeview Terrace, which I did not like. He was in Soul Men. He was in The Spirit, which was also bad. He was in uh, Uncredited Role in Gospel Hill. 2009, he was in Astro Boy, Mother and Child. And he was also the narrator in Inglorious Bastards, which is another great movie. Yep. 2010, he was um, Quantum Quest, a Cassini Space Odyssey. I'm out. I don't know about that. 
uh, unthinkable. Iron Man 2, he plays a much bigger role in Iron Man 2. He was in The Other Guys, and he was in Vengeance, A Love Story. That was direct to video. 2011, uh, African Cats, he was a, a narrator. He's Nick Fury again in a couple of cameos. Cameoed in Thor and Captain America, the first Avenger. He was also in a movie called Arena. 2012, he was in Fury, also direct to video. And the Avengers, where of course he played a bigger role. Uh, then he was in a bunch of direct-to-video. Di- why would he do all these direct-to-video? That's what I'm saying. Like, why? Like, why what are you doing? is Samuel? He's like one of the biggest movie stars. Like, everybody knows who Samuel L. Jackson is. Why is he doing this like bullshit direct-to-video video, uh, direct-to-video th- movie with John Cusack? Like, wh- what the hell is happening? I don't know what's going on. Uh, so we'll skip some of those direct-to-videos. He's in Django Unchained. Great movie. He was in uh, Old Boy, not the not the original Old Boy. Spike Lee did right. an Old Boy version. He was in that. He was in the new RoboCop. He was in Winter Soldier, obviously, where he was, he was good. He was in Kingsman, The Secret Service. I still haven't seen Kingsman. That's a good movie. You should see I, that. I got to see that. He was in uh, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. So now he's starting to really pile up the Marvel movies. Uh, the Hateful Eight, which we discussed in length in our uh, Quentin Tarantino podcast. He was in that. Then he was in, let's see, Legend of Tarzan, uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. He was in Triple X Return of Xander Cage. Sure was. Which, uh, again, if you haven't heard Davey's review of that movie yet, you can check it out on our YouTube channel. He was in Kong Skull Island, which I, I saw a little while ago. Yeah, it was pretty good. He's in The Hitman's Bodyguard. That's the one that's coming out with uh, Ryan Reynolds and him. Yep. Uh, then I guess The Unicorn Store is coming out this year he's in. And then he's got a bunch of movies lined up for the future, including sequels to The Incredibles, uh, also Avengers Infinity War, and maybe an Unbreakable sequel so that's a that's a, just a shit ton so here you go right best best movies that he is in give me roughly a top five out of all those okay here's the ones i have listed goodfellas yes pulp fiction yes iron man yes true romance yes jurassic park me too i i think you could probably put winter soldier or avengers ahead of jurassic park but i, I like having jurassic park in there I like having Jurassic Park in there too because I, 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 until they come out with a Nick Fury movie, he's just kind of you know I know he's a he's a significant person in the in the movies, but he's kind of like he's almost like a narrator, you know what I mean? Where he like comes yeah. in and he's the exposition guy where he just like explains to them what's going on. Yeah, no, that's but I true. Think, you know, I think and this is not we're not talking about performance; we're just talking about the movie itself. Yeah, just like so, again, so if you were going to get the collection of movies, like you could only get five movies from somebody's collection he could bring to the table goodfellas pulp fiction true romance jurassic park and iron man or yeah. if you or if you wanted winter soldier and avengers like he, it's insane what he can bring to the table exactly uh, or he could sneak unbreakable in there you could yeah you, I, I wouldn't i wouldn't hate that yeah. best performances by him let's say besides pulp fiction where besides pulp fiction because that's the that's, best one clearly all right far and away like not even close um, I would say that one of my, my favorite, I, and I, I mentioned this before, in Black Snake Moan, like he was the whole movie. He was incredible in that, yeah. And he was so good. And it's such a kind of a weird movie. Um, there's, it's funny. It's like sad at times. It's like kind of got like horror elements to it at times. And the, I'm you know, sorry, the music like is off the charts. The yeah, and The music's unbelievable. Justin Timberlake's uh, in it. But he is just like super intense. Yeah, yes. In that in that in that uh in that movie. And that's one of like if I were to say if I were to if I were Samuel L. Jackson and I was like, Hey, you know, I gotta put together my acting reel, you know, I had to go to an audition, like some of my best stuff, like that I would pick scenes like a monologue from that. Yeah, that was you know, really good. Like, I'm yeah. gonna suffer you, you know, like that that was one of my favorite scenes he's ever been in. That was that was great. Yeah, I, w- I would put that up there. I think the stuff that he did in the negotiator was really good. Like I think you, you really saw like how he made that character really deep and you know for like that movie it's kind of a basic premise but i thought he came across really well and then deep blue sea like i know it's not a great movie but i would say this is a spoiler alert because the movie came out forever ago but samuel l jackson's death in deep blue sea is got to be a top five surprise death in a movie and it's it's one of those like legendary deaths in, in oh, it, abso- it absolutely is because it's it's roughly halfway through the movie, maybe a little bit before the midway point. And again, at this point, we already went through the long list. This movie came out in what ninety nine, so he'd already been in a ton of things. Everybody knew Samuel Jackson, and you look at it and you're like, this is the star of the movie. 
and he's in there, and you got all these these smart sharks, and they're like swimming around, and he's devising a plan to survive. And you're like, everybody, like all the all the actors there, and like in the scene are staring at Samuel Jackson. They like slow it down. They're like zooming in slowly on him, and he's trying to come up with like a motivational master plan. He at one point says, "This is a quote: uh, Nature can be lethal, but it doesn't hold a candle to man." And he's like getting like really intense, and he's like everybody's got to pay attention to this guy, pumping him up, pumping yeah. him up, and it's just like, oh my god, like this is this is gonna be one of those like pregame speeches. This is like this is like uh, it's a game of inches, Al Pacino. You're, you're getting yeah. all fired up. Then all of a sudden, Herb Brooks and Miracle. It is, yes, yeah, Herb Brooks. And then a shark jumps up and bites him in half, and he's dead. <laughs> he's dead for the movie. And you're like, what? So I would say. Uh, for not counting recent movies, I would say Samuel L. Jackson dying in Deep Blue Sea, Drew Barrymore dying in Scream, and I guess the 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 Sixth Sense twist that like that dude was dead the whole time kind of thing. Like those are like the biggest surprise deaths probably off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, I I do not care for that movie. Um, <laughs> Deep Blue Sea at, at all? <laughs> yeah, at all. It's uh, it's Jaws for the for the new no, new era. No, <laughs> stop. They, it's a movie where they try to cure Alzheimer's by using sharks. Well, Ryan, sharks can't get cancer, so it's a good place to start. <laughs> and they, they don't lose brain function their entire life. Like, their entire life is like six years. Do you know like that. that they have, like, rows of teeth? It's just row after row after row of teeth. Stop. They can, eat, right? a, they can eat a tire. A, <laughs> this movie is a shit sandwich, which we, uh, it's a new dork podcast tradition that I'm starting right now. If something gets mm. zero infinity stones, it is <laughs> it is referred to as a shit sandwich. Did, so you're giving Deep Blue Sea shit sandwich? Deep Blue Sea is a shit sandwich, and I will tell you why. Did you not right, hear, from, yeah, did you, did you not hear the LL Cool J rap about it? That's, that's why <laughs> it gets a shit sandwich, because LL Cool J sucks as an actor. He hey, how sucks. dare you? LL Cool J. Yeah, but his song, which he said, what was the, I forget what the line was. It was like, my shark is like a shark fin. Or it was like some terrible, it's like a terrible, terrible line. But, Ugh. well, agree to disagree on that. What are the, you, you cannot include Deep Blue Sea. What are the worst movies that he is in? The worst movies. He, uh, by the way, uh, Unbreakable, I thought was awesome too. Oh, he and was a good call. Yeah, yeah. Good and that call. completely changed how I looked at comic books for the rest of my life. Yeah, that movie did. So I hear that. He was awesome in that movie as as Mr. Glass. Uh, worst perform. I, I was going to say worst movie or worst performance by him. And you mentioned this earlier, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Yes, he's in that movie for maybe screen time total like fifteen minutes, and he completely mailed that in oh yeah he played Just mr baron sucked. yeah <laughs> oh oh it was awful like i read the book and the book's pretty good but jesus that movie was just a mess just tough stuff yeah uh i would say obviously star wars the phantom menace the spirit exorcist 3 i hated iron man 2 and i remember i remember not liking lakeview terrace i remember thinking that yeah. wasn't great I, I i'm looking at 176 whatever acting credits and there is a lot of shit to sift through here. There's a lot of garbage that there's you a, have to get through here. There's a ton. Yeah, um, a one oh, of the Sphere, movies I remember, Sphere was shit. Yep. I remember <laughs> Fear or Sphere? Sphere. I can't say it. I think it's, it's a problem. Um, it's, it's the SPH. It's a difficult yeah, uh, sound gets, to make. Yeah. Um, one of the movies I remember going in to see, and be like, not going, I didn't see it in the theater, but I'm like, oh, I'm going into the movie, like sitting down, I'm getting ready to watch it, and like, this is going to be funny. Uh, the Man. Oh, my God. That movie sucks. Yeah. That was, and let me look, since we mentioned it, I said, oh, I'll, I'll talk about that. 187. You don't remember that movie. Let me let me set the stage for you. Was Yeah, go ahead. Samuel L. Jackson lives in New York. He's a teacher. He's kind of like a tough as nails kind of teacher, right? Mm-hmm. He's near fatally wounded uh, by one of his students. He gets stabbed by one of his students. Oh, Christ. So what does he do? He He, he recovers. And he goes to, like, south-central L.A. where he's going to be a substitute teacher. <laughs> Turns out okay. that doesn't go very well because some of his students are uh, kind of bad seeds. Oh, no. You know, they're bad apples. Oh, I hate that. And um, there's, one of them is threatening a female teacher, so he, as this substitute teacher, uh, deploys some street justice to these young punks. <laughs> I do like street justice, if we're being it's, honest. I, you know, I, 
being in education, you know, a teacher, a movie about a teacher who kills his students is, you know, it's uh, it's almost <laughs> fantasy for us. But cause there have been some rage fantasies before, but you would never act them out. And this movie oh, kind of glorifies no. it. And and I will tell you this: the the young the the lassie from Comic Con would not no be a fan of this movie. Mm-hmm. No, that'd be because a, it, that is everything that Comic Con is against. Even though we let people bring weapons into the place, no, I know. We're, we are against weapons on. and violence. Yeah, no, we've moved on from that. We're, we're just... Oh, maybe you have. I have not <laughs> moved on. I'm but, sorry. I'm well, sorry I have feelings and thoughts. Well, I would still like to go to Rhode Island Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't we all? And it's, it's up to this lady to, to approve us, so hopefully... We're the, we're the bad boys of the con, I think. <laughs> How about you just say no weapons? <laughs> Yeah, but that guy that we talked to that was uh, part uh, Marine from the past and Jedi from the future, if he didn't have any weapons, the present. what the hell would he be? Yeah, he, was, he wasn't wild on the present. <laughs> All right, Rye, what, uh, anything else on Samuel L. Jackson? Uh, he's been in a lot of movies. Um, <laughs> and he's Deep not Lucy stopping anytime terrible. soon. He's not stopping. Uh, the, the spirit, the spirit is a shit sandwich. Oh, man. What? He, he is in a few shit sandwiches, but he's in probably four or five six-star films. Yes. Or six six stone films. We start yep. giving out stars. We don't know what the hell's going on. Um, <laughs> I don't know who we are anymore. What other actors? Well, stone, stones, Richard. Stones could be thrown at people as weapons. Um, so let's not. We're not going to promote violence on this podcast either. So. Sticks and stones, man. <laughs> break my bones. But words apparently also can hurt, and that's why we yes. were asked to take down the the song. Which again, I urge you to go check out on our YouTube channel uh, before we have to take it down. <laughs> before it's taken down. And uh, what other actor or actresses, not that we would do it next week, but that you think warrant their own episode like Samuel L. Jackson? That's a good, that's a good question. I mean, uh, like Tom Hanks, maybe like someone who's been in like a, just a ton of stuff. Tom, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise. You know, who's sneaky in like most of my favorite movies is Brad Pitt. Yeah. Brad Pitt between True Romance, Fight Club, Seven. It's just like he's he's in. in I mean, Inglorious Bastards. He has quite a run of just awesome, awesome movies. Yeah, and I think we. It's got to be somebody who can. You know, I, I think maybe we go a little lighter. You know, do some comedy, some comedy guy. You know, Ooh, Vince Vaughn, uh, Will Ferrell. You know, even you know, yeah. What do they call them? The Frat Pack or something like that. Wasn't the that Frat Pack. They gave them. Yeah, yeah the Frat Pack. Jim Carrey. He's got more. He he's kind of he wants to be a dra- dramatical guy. We do Adam Sandler movies, like ranking the best Adam Sandler movies. Spoiler: they all suck except for uh, maybe I don't know. No, there's a few. There's the the first. Three. I watched Fifty First Dates the other day. That that wasn't bad. That's a lot okay. of plot holes, but that wasn't. That no, bad. I mean it's Billy Madison. It's Happy Gilmore, and then I think you can find some good in Fifty First Dates, Big Daddy, That's My Boy. Uh. Waterboy. Yeah, good hits. Mr. Deeds made me laugh a couple times. I know people probably think that movie sucks, but it took place in a uh, fictional town in New Hampshire. How can you not like it? Yeah, what is it? Something Falls? There are no Falls. Mandrake Falls. Mandrake Falls. <laughs> do you want to do the pick of the podcast now? I would love to do the pick of the podcast now. Pick of the podcast. Pick of the all right, Ryan, I have a very special pick of the podcast, so I will let you go first, and then this way we can close out on what I, what I would assume is a very high note. Okay, well, I gotta, I'm just going to mention a couple things. It's not really so much a pick of a podcast, but things that you should kind of uh, watch out for this coming week. Um, American Gods wrapped up in a very strong season. The last two episodes are probably the two best. Um, so if you haven't caught up on that, do catch up on that. It's awesome. Question. The season finale, yes. Should we do a standalone American Gods episode next week? We could do that. Or should we do something else? You've been watching this? I, I think I'm too behind, but I can clearly do that by next week. Okay. We so it's do all done? The week. season's over? Yes, season's over. So I wonder, because I was looking for something to do for next week, because down the road we have... We get uh, Spidey. Spider-Man, Homecoming, and we also have... Which is getting pretty good reviews, apparently. It, uh, it is. Yep. And um, we got to do like a Game of Thrones Season 7 preview. Might, yes, we do. I might get Shark on for that. I'm not I sure. I get Shark on that one. You I know might. what? I, I will... I will uh, bow out and let the shark come. Let the shark come in I, because he's yeah. an intelligent shark, like in Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, he is. He knows yeah, what he's doing. Is. He's actually smarter than both of us. I don't know, <laughs> you know. But um, uh, so that ended. Um, Fargo and Silicon Valley both have season finales coming up this week. 
uh, both strong seasons there. And now, um, last thing, my pick of the podcast, if you're going to buy something this week and you're a big music dork like me, uh, one of the things that, uh, an album that just came across my desk that I wasn't really aware of, uh, it came out in February and I had heard of it, and, I, and I'm going to tell you the dorkiest thing about me, and then we'll get into this whole thing. I am a huge fan of yacht rock music. Do you know what yacht rock is, Richard? Yeah, I think so. It's like soft adult contemporary music from the 80s. Yeah. Like, name, anyway, name somebody that does yacht rock. Kenny Loggins. Uh, Christopher Cross. What? You like that shit? I love it. Oh it's a guilty God. pleasure. But anyway, okay. there's a guy named Thundercat, who's a <laughs> great name, by the way, <laughs> who's is. a bassist, bassist singer-songwriter. The guy, he's, he, a lot of big-name people are on his albums. But I found out that on his latest album called Drunk, Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald are on a track together with him, <laughs> which is like Yacht Rock Paradise. So check out Thundercat. The album's called Drunk. And the if last play, thing I want to say before we... I was just going to say, if you play Yamo Be There one more time, Yamo burn this place to the ground. Ah, Sweet Freedom by Michael McDonald <laughs> is the epitome of all Yacht Rock music. Oh, if you want to check that out, check yacht out. Yacht Rock. Do you have a boat or anything? What do, where do you I listen to? I wish I did. You just listen I to it in your room? What do you do? Yeah, if you if you were an affluent white guy in the 80s who had a boat, this is the type of music you would listen to. <laughs> on your boat. You wear like a button-up shirt, but you don't button it? And you're like, no, yeah, and I name. wear like yeah. Sperry's with no socks. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? All right. So the last thing I want to mention, and um, in sad news, uh, oh, Stephen right. First, who you might know, you might not know, um, one of the movies I remember the first time I saw this movie, the movie, movie called Animal House. Um, when I saw it as a young man, I don't know if you've seen it. I've, um, I've I checked it out once. Yes, the man, the man who played Flounder, passed away. Saw that. Uh, this week, which is this is your pick is, of the uh, podcast is a death. Well, it's just I want to mention Stephen first. That movie had a large impact on who I am as a person. So Flounder uh, did, they, or just the movie did? Fl- well, the Flounder's the like the that's the first guy you see. I feel like he goes and this... sits with Larry and Jugdish and uh, uh, in the in what the hell is the guy? The blind guy. I just honestly I question your decision making to put a death in the pick of the podcast. Yeah, that's that's questionable. But my respect and admiration for Stephen First. Yeah, uh, he was also in a movie with Michael Keaton called The Dream Team, which is a sneaky, funny movie. Yeah. So Stephen First is my pick of the, and his career is my pick of the podcast, not the fact that he died. Okay, I was, cause I was reading that as your picks of the no. podcast are American I Gods. Was not, I'm not happy that he died. I just <laughs> uh, my remembrance and <laughs> that actually would be. Uh, I don't think we have Someone time for. Someone dies, it. and I make a pick of the podcast. <laughs> I think, no, that'd be Keith's griefs, wouldn't it? I don't think that would be Keith's griefs. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we have time for it, but that would be or Davy's gravy. We don't have time for either one. That was Davy's gravy. Yeah, we have. All um, right, so get to yours. I'm very excited about this. This has been a long time coming, and uh, you know our buddy Opie the poet, uh, who does the I, intro yeah. for hashtag Dork here at the very beginning of every episode. Uh, he put together a Stranger Things rap. There's going to be a subsequent YouTube video for it where he put together a nice little uh, like a music video, which we'll tweet out later on. But we are debuting it right here on Hashtag Dork. It is, uh, he calls it The Boys in Hawkins. It is Opie's Stranger Things rap. So without further ado. Hawkins boys, come in, over. Boys in Hawkins are super doors. When I'm talking to the girls, the two with spores. Knowing nothing in life but to be legit with our handshakes, spit friendship. Cause the boys in the Hawk are nerdy dudes. But we got loyalty and courage too. And ain't nothing in this town that can ever stop us. Except our mamas, so please don't tell our mamas. Cruising Merkwood on my BMX. Double D's on my mind and I don't mean breasts. That's Dungeons and Dragons if you still could have guessed. My plus 10 level friendship gives the best. Reppin' Hawkins, middle AV club. Pushing that AV cart with some AV thugs. When it comes to science with the flaggers and dopest. But the bullies stay hatin' and the ladies don't notice. But that's not important to my team. That is important as a Star Wars figurines. Or a limited edition X-Men favorite comics. We're not fussin' about the Russians or the Reaganomics. But for any Gorgon or Goblin that's flying, we got them wrist rocket rocks for your noggin. And if the Hydra won't retire, we're casting mean cabbage, green, great balls of fire. Yes, yes, y'all, and we don't stop. Four young gentlemen repping the hall. Yes, yes, y'all, and we don't quit. Mike Lucas, Dustin Wills, the whole clip. Yes, yes, y'all, and we don't stop. This party right here is all that we've got. Yes, yes, y'all, and we don't quit. 
data, let's see French shit. The basement's a domain where we do our damn thing. We get our campaigns popping like champagne. They go on and on and on and on. Can't stop, won't stop till the break of dawn. But breaking promises isn't part of the plan, yo. Understand, bro, no Lando. And damn, yo, our team got a sweet addition. And did we mention she's our secret weapon? You and your whole crew are gonna need protection. Cause she goes to 11. So if any mouth breathing bad man's tripping, she'll leave your pants pissing and your fans flipping. Uh. And no one puts baby in a corner Unless you mean the blanket fort we made for her You better let go her ego right now Or just send this to the upside down like plow Yes, yes, y'all, and she don't stop A new friend of living and never let us drive Yes, yes, y'all, and she don't quit Her psychokinetic flow is so sick Yes, yes, y'all, and she don't stop Even if the blood's dripping, she's giving all she got Yes, yes, y'all, and she don't quit And she's part of our party and our party's the shit yeah, that's right, and everybody wants to be part of it. <laughs> okay, so all the Hawkins wants to know who should stay or who should go. Man say you can party with us. Barb, if you're still alive, you can party with us. This is Byers, you can stay at our party. Just bring the Christmas lights and that new Atari. Jonathan, keep that punk rock rockin'. This is Wheeler, keep that meatloaf poppin'. Mr. Clark and your late night hottie. Y'all can stay at our party and hopper, the bad man dropper. Hey, make a thorn, Indiana Jones looking copper. You can stay, no question, no choice. Plus, who's gonna kick it with Joyce? Steve, even though you were partially redeemed, no. You can stay at our party. Sorry for the news, Mr. Young Tom Cruise. We'll see how you do in season two. Sorry. As for the rest of you bunch of jerks Who probably don't even know how a compass works Carol and Tommy, Lonnie, James and Troy Mr. Wheeler stuck in his lazy boy Y'all are some bullies and some awful dads And don't get me started on you jerks working for Hawkins Lab Dr. Brenner, you can go to hell Like snakes swallowing worm vomiting upside down hell Yes, yes, y'all, and we don't stop Our curiosity doors are never locked Yes, yes, y'all, and we don't quit We'll fly out in a fleet some acrobat shit yes, Yes, y'all, and we don't stop. Bring it back, real and still the whole block. Yes, yes, y'all, and we don't quit. Till he's back for real in the wheeler basement. Over and out. All right. How about that? Hey. hey. Nice job, Opie the Poet. You can check him out on Twitter at Opie the Poet. That's T-H-A. He's even admitted he didn't know why he did that, but that's what it is. And there's oh, gonna be... Opie the Poet wasn't taken? <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure, but... Uh, Great stuff by him. And again, there's going to be a music video. We'll tweet that out as well. But hopefully you enjoyed that. Season two, just around the corner, I think it's going to be out in, what, Halloween? I think they released Halloween. season yep. two of Stranger Things. So uh, finally, a few other plugs here on Twitter. Of course, you can check us out at Dork Podcast on uh, iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review. We've gotten some new reviews in uh, recently. So thank you for those who have done that. Also on YouTube, just search out hashtag Dork Podcast, and you'll see we got a bunch of videos up already. We're going to continue to add to that. We're also on Snapchat. We haven't really uh, snapped a whole lot yet, but we are on Snapchat. You could search out Dork Podcast there. Uh, what else we got? We got Twitch, uh, Arvon D. Yep, you got it. And Twitter. And Twitter at uh, Arvon D. You can buy a T-shirt. It's in our uh, Twitter. Uh, it's a pinned tweet on Twitter. Or you can go to represent.com if you want to get we got the black T-shirt with the hashtag Dork logo on the front. So I think that is... Uh, just about anything. Next week, maybe we'll end up doing a, a, a TV episode. That might be a good idea. American Gods. You mentioned Silicon Valley, some of those other ones. Yeah, well, you can do like a big summer wrap-up episode. Or, you know, a summer, not a wrap-up, but like a, a wrap-up of certain uh, certain TV shows, you know? Summer TV might be a nice catch-all where we do some, yeah. of, the, some of the programs. Summer, yeah, I think I, think, I, think I kind of like that. All right, Ryan, any final words? God bless. Don't bring any weapons into Comic-Cons. You're still kind of hot about that. Oh, still hot. You're still a little hot. All right. Well, hopefully you'll cool off in time. Although, actually, I kind of like the passion. So I think either way, either we get a refreshed Davey next week or, or a guy who's twice as hot. We'll have to, have to tune in to find out. We'll find out. All right. Thanks for listening to Hashtag Dork.